0: super excited. We are kicking off actually this series uh, that's really written around the Daniel Fast. The Daniel Fast is is a discipline. Um, It's it's an opportunity for us to draw closer to God. And I just want to encourage you in this, and Pamela kind of talked about this a little bit. First of all, don't be afraid of the Daniel Fast. It is the healthiest diet you could possibly eat. In fact, you'll find at the end, if you stick to it, you'll go, man, I. I feel good. Um, So I encourage you in that, and pretty much everybody can do it, honestly. Um, uh, I know there's some people that could have a health concern, but that's a pretty limited uh, amount of people. So make sure you talk to your doctor if there is a health concern. Healthiest food you'll ever eat. Um, But this series, Deeper, is going to focus on... uh, how discipline deepens our relationship. It's going to focus on how he desires deeper relationship with us. He wants to connect with us and, uh, that how as our relationship deepens, so does our passion for him. You know, the deeper that we go with Jesus, the more we want to be with him, you guys, and you, you'll find that you'll see that, um, Again, it's kind of one of those things of being together for worship on Sunday morning when we're all in the room. You know, the Holy Spirit's always here, but when we're all here worshiping, there's a, there is a difference there that happens. Amen? Amen. Well, so this week, what we're going to focus on is how discipline is our friend. I know, um, I'm not going to lie, when you say that word discipline, I go, mm, no thanks, right? Don't we? I don't want discipline. Who wants to be disciplined, Right? But discipline is our friend. And I know you guys are not going to believe this, but I have never been much of an athlete. <laughs> it's okay to laugh at that. I don't, I've never been much of an athlete. So when, when I read, and athletes are disciplined, right? True athletes are disciplined. But so when I read Apostle Paul's encouragements to discipline ourselves and to perfect our faith like an athlete, I, I'm not going to lie, I struggle a little bit with the illustration he uses. Um, and it's a great illustration. So, so to relate to my life a discipline that I started actually several years ago when I weighed about 25 pounds more than I do now, um, I remember thinking, I have got to do something about this. I'm unhealthy, I need to take care of myself, and, and Beauty encouraged me as well. You know, she wants me around now that the Hinkle kids have all moved out. She's got me all to herself, we're going to go do stuff together, but even more so, I, I want to be around for my grandkids, uh, and I want to be around to see my grandkids get married even, should Jesus tarry. So, you know, for me, I recognized that there were some things that I needed to change, and One of those things was the way I eat. In the beginning, it was mostly about portion control, and it is somewhat to that extent today, although I'm not going to lie, over Christmas, with all my kids home, I gained six pounds. (laughs) It's true. Um, So what I learned years ago is one of the things that was a big thing for me was unhealthy fast foods. And... um, they really don't hold the attraction for me that they used to. Years ago, I mean, going to uh, going to Burger King. Actually, Culver's is my favorite. Going to Culver's, I mean, that that held an attraction to me that I just don't. I'm not excited about it anymore because I realize I feel so much better when I don't eat like that, and actually, I keep my weight down. But. One of the other things that I did as a discipline is I began to walk every day, and I walked about 30 to 45 minutes, five or six days a week. That actually changed from that to riding bike, and in the most recent years before we moved here, I would ride my bike uh, five to six days a week, anywhere from a dozen to 20 miles, sometimes more, and just, uh, just a discipline that for me, I, I get to go into the nothing box, sometimes I get to pray, um, sometimes I get to think about things. Uh, just get some vision from God But it was a great way for me To not only stay healthy uh, It was a good discipline And in the winter time, like now What I would do is watch The Curse of Oak Island While I rode my bike in the basement um, Because they're finding stuff um, For those of you who watch You know, they're finding stuff There's treasure there, I know it um, But I really My wife shakes her head She just can't even believe I watch that show um, But I recognize, you know, after moving here, we had a huge transition this summer, we had a daughter married, we moved to different states, we had just all this stuff happen. A lot of those disciplines kind of fell off to the side a little bit, and I need to reestablish those disciplines in my life. And those things that I did before, however, I could tell you that I lost 20 to 25 pounds just becoming a little bit more disciplined about how I ate and how active I was, and, and uh, it wasn't really that hard a work to do it. Um... And I've learned to, to be more disciplined. I, I have to set attainable goals. And then also, I have to change those goals in order to keep making progress. When I reach a goal, then I have to go, okay, i got to go to the next step. You know, which for me, you know, that next step is getting to uh, what the doctor's chart says is the BMI, which is fake. I don't know. I- <laughs> i, I don 't know how anybody who is six foot three weighs one hundred and ninety pounds, except my son who 's six six and he probably weighs one hundred and sixty but i don 't know he's he 's skinny he 's a runner um, but don't we don 't we all have areas or behaviors in our lives that we 'd like to change don 't we um, you know maybe it 's overweeding uh, and uh, needing weight loss like my current situation, or you know maybe we maybe we lack Patience, or maybe we have anger issues, or maybe we struggle with laziness, or there's some addiction in our life that we're, that we're trying to break. Um, this is an opportunity when we participate in a fast like this, it's an opportunity for us to learn how to discipline ourselves, to get into God's presence, and to break some of these addictions to change these behaviors. It helps us do it. And so that's why I feel as a pastor that that we need to do it at least once a year. And that's why we're doing it in January, starting on the 5th. Um, Here's the thing. Where our life in Christ is concerned, we're not to be content with just recognizing that Jesus died for our sins. We're not to be content with Oh, my sins are forgiven. God is calling us to a greater level of relationship with him, you guys. And that kind of spiritual transformation, it requires discipline on our part. And the Holy Spirit helps us do it. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about my, my physical health. I know that I need to keep up some disciplines for the rest of my life if I want to maintain where I'm at. When we're talking about growing in Christ, here's the thing. We can become more and more like him every day. That's the Holy Spirit's job in us. That's sanctification. It's part of that process. He is always drawing us closer, always wanting us to become more like him. No, we will never be Jesus. And Jesus doesn't expect us to be him. But... There is an anticipation, there is a desire on God's part for us to become more disciplined and to become closer to him, to become more like him. And really, it should be the desire of our hearts to do that. The thing is, the only one who can slow or stop that spiritual growing process in our lives, the only one who can do that is us. We're the only ones who slow that process up, that change how close we're getting to God on a daily basis. You know, all of this made me think about what kind of effort or lack of effort we as believers put into growing up in Christ. Are we making an effort? Is it a discipline in our life? Do we set goals as believers or, or even have a plan for success where growth in Christ is concerned? You know, we watched that short video last week just talking about the, the changes that take place spiritually in our lives when we are in God's word four times a week or more. You guys remember that video? It was like a 200% change in our lives as to how much we reach out to others but also addictions broken as a result, behaviors changed as a result. So going deeper with God changes our lives. It, it, it transforms us and we become more like Jesus. So question is, are we simply maintaining? Are we idling in the same spot? Are we content with where we're at in our relationship with God? You know, God's Word actually gives us some very clear direction regarding this. And, and it encourages us that we should and that we can do things as believers to draw closer to Him. I'd invite you to look with me in God's Word. And we're going to go uh, to 1 Corinthians and chapter 9. Now, I, I, <laughs> I'm messing with you guys with this series. We're going to use the message version for these next three weeks. And so uh, it will be on the screen behind me. If you're not reading the message version, you're going, oh, it doesn't say that in my Bible. Well, no, it doesn't because you're reading a different version. So it's on the screen behind me if you would like to read it there. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, it says, You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. We're after a medal that lasts forever. It goes on to say, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out for myself. You see, one of the things that I love about the message version, and, and uh, Mr. Peterson, who is the one who, who had part of the translation, and he is one of the best greek scholars that's alive today when he translated this translation for us he put it in words that fit our culture today that when we read it there's no not understanding it it doesn't matter what your education level is you read it and you go i know what that means and he says i don't know about you but i'm running hard for the finish line giving it everything i've got can we say that's what we're doing Can we say, with clear conscience, standing before Christ, can we say, I'm giving it everything I've got? Or are we idling? Are we just kind of content where we're at? I'm good. My sins are forgiven. God's got his hand of protection on me. Where where are we at with this? I love that it says, no sloppy living for me. No sloppy living for me. In other words, that means that there's discipline involved. We are thinking about the choices that we make. Rather than things just happening in our lives, doing things that we, that we know are sin, we are taking the moment and saying, what would be the thing that Jesus would have me do here? What would be the right choice to make? No sloppy living. I'm not going to get caught napping. In other words, when I read that, I, I go... I'm not going to be the guy who just sits there and never talks about what Jesus has done in my life. He goes on to say, telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself. So not just telling others about it and saying, man, you need Jesus. Jesus will change your life. He transformed my life. But what am I doing beyond that in my own relationship with God? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 7 of the message, it says, This is the only race worth running. This is the only race worth running. Our relationship with God is the only race that matters. And he says, I've run hard right to the finish. In Hebrews chapter 12, it expounds more on this and in Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3, it says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes On Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish, and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in the faith... Go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Guys, no matter how bad we have it, and I know there are people here today that are maybe struggling with some things in their life. There's difficult things happening. We ain't had it as bad as Jesus did going to the cross. That's the comparison that's being made here. And I know you you might be saying, well, gee, pastor, that doesn't seem very feeling. I'm just telling you what God's word says. You know, if we can have a perspective and and think about, you know, yeah, this is a rough thing I'm going through, but that word that was shared this morning uh, by my wife out of the Psalms, we're not alone in this thing. We're not alone in this battle. And no matter where you're at in the battle, he is there with you, and there is going to be victory. He's not going to let you down. And so this, this becomes this race becomes the most important thing, you guys. I, what I loved about the message version is how it's stated here. It says, No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. You know what a parasite is? A parasite sucks the life out of its host. And that's what addictions in our lives, whatever the addiction is, it sucks the life out of us. When we know that we're making a choice that's not good for us, it changes how we hear from Father, it changes how we hear from the Holy Spirit. I mean, if, if we know we're not supposed to do something and then we do this and we say, no, I, God, I'm going to do this. And I know that you're going to forgive me. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do this and then I'll ask for forgiveness afterwards. And he will forgive you if you mean it, if you're repenting. Don't, don't get me wrong there. But I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm sure this has never happened to any of you. I've made choices in my life Sometimes when the Holy Spirit has said, no, this is what you should do. And then afterwards, it, it wasn't that God's presence never left me. His Holy Spirit never left me. God was always there with us. But that relationship, it's not right now. It's not right because I've said, God, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do this thing. Right? Anybody else ever felt like that? Is it just me? Six of you. Good guys, you know this is true. When we're not going after God like we should, our relationship isn't where it should be. He never leaves us, but because we've pulled back, it's not where it should be. And so, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, it says. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, I know, not out of experience, <laughs> but I know that a successful long-distance runner, that that's difficult. <laughs> I can't run three blocks, I don't think. You know, I can ride a bike 20 miles, and I'm like, we should do it again. You know, but I can't run three blocks. And if it was easy, everyone would be good at it. I think if it was easy to follow Jesus, everyone would be doing it. Right? <laughs> If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And if someone gave you the idea, it would be easy to follow him, they were mistaken. Someone said to you, come to Jesus and all your problems will end. They were not telling you the whole truth. In James, we see how he says to us, you will have trials. And we hear that word trials and we're like, right? But that word actually in the Greek means opportunities. How many of us think of it that way? There will be opportunities. (laughs) Following Jesus requires us to keep our eyes on him and to do the hard thing on occasion, sometimes daily guys, there are things that we've worked through in our lives. If you're being real with yourself here, there are things that the Holy Spirit has worked on in your life that sometimes it's been a daily thing that you had to do the right thing. You had to stop and say, Holy Spirit, help me make the right choice here. Help me to do the right thing. I think one of the hardest things for that, and I'll I'll just be super transparent with you here about this. We had a, a situation many years ago in ministry where there was a family in town who, who talked, <laughs> talked dirt about my family, about my kids. They were hard on my family. and It was a little town. And I had to, every day I had to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to pray for those people. And not, God, I want you to bless them because that's what was going on in my heart. But instead, God, I want you to bless. Them. I'm gonna use a different name, Sally and John. God, I want you to pour out the windows of blessing in their life. I want them to have good health. I want their business to go well. I want and I had to ask the Holy Spirit every day, and it took me years, you guys. It took me years. And we all have that kind of stuff in our life. It might not be that, it might be some addiction, it might be you you fill in the blank. But know that you're not doing it on your own. And know that it will require us to exercise some self-control, to be strong, to follow the rules. We have a part in it. We get to have a part in it. I, I love that we get to have a part in it. We're not robots. It's not like God says, now you will be perfect, right? We get to have a part in it. That means that it's a real relationship. If we're going out of our way to make the right choices to follow him, it becomes relationship instead of following rules. And we do it because we love him, not because it's a rule. It's because we want right relationship, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 through 12, it says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of best materials. And guys, we have well-made weapons with the Holy Spirit living in us. We have the weapons that we need to do the warfare that takes place every day. And he goes on to say, put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. Again, I love the language used here. There's no mistaking. This is not an afternoon athletic contest. We don't don't just go for this one thing and then for the rest of our life we don't have to be involved. It's a life or death fight to the finish. There are times when you are going to have to fight your own will and ask the Holy Spirit to help you do the right thing. And he will help you if you ask him. It's so He's just right there waiting all the time. Waiting for us to ask for his help. I love that Jesus, you know, when he talked to his disciples where he left, hey, I'm not leaving you alone. Now I'm really paraphrasing here. But he said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and he will be with you to help you always. Holy Spirit never leaves us. We might leave him. might go do our own thing, but he's always there just waiting. Just waiting. Just had one of those things, you know, where something comes in your mind, and and, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the book. There's a book, and I can't... I can see the picture of it, and I can't even. I can't. But the great thing in this book is there's a conversation that takes place, and uh, it's between a guy named Hal and the Holy Spirit. And there's a conversation taking place, and they're in this boat. They're going across the lake. Hal's in a in a struggle, and uh, all of a sudden he turns around and he sees the Holy Spirit there, and he says, "Oh, I didn't know you were there." And the Holy Spirit said, "Yeah, I get that a lot." <laughs> and I just, that's my favorite part of that book. Do you know the book I'm talking about? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, guys, the Holy Spirit, he, he, he's with us always to help us. And he's strong. And God is strong and he wants you strong. So that you'll be able to stand up against everything the devil throws your way. This is for keeps. It's a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. And we're in it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verses 5 through 7, it says, A soldier on duty doesn't get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. Do you know what that means? A soldier on duty doesn't get caught up making deals in the marketplace. In other words, he doesn't, in the midst of the situation, say, hold on, let's make a deal. Don't we do it with God? We make a deal. God, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Or, God, I promise this is the last time. Guys, that's the lie the enemy uses forever and ever. This is the last time. I'm I'm never going to do this again. A soldier doesn't get caught up making deals. He concentrates on carrying out orders. An athlete who refuses to play by the rules will never get anywhere. It's the diligent farmer who gets produce. Think it over. God will make it all plain. All of these things speak of discipline. That we need discipline in our lives in order to grow the way we should. Here's the thing. Um, If we don't follow God's rules for successful and blessed living, we don't grow. We get stuck in idol. We get stuck at a spot and we're no longer growing in our faith. We can't make deals with the devil and with God. It's one or the other. You don't get to ride the fence in the middle. Either you're choosing one or you're choosing the other. And you, you can think, oh, no, there's some, there's some gray area. No, guys, there isn't. Either you're, either you're going with God or you're not. And I know that sounds awfully black and white. It's what God's Word tells us. If we want to grow in Christ, the Bible is the rule of thumb for success. You guys, I don't encourage you to do soap and to read every day because I'll feel good about it if you do it. I encourage you to do it because it will change your life. It will transform your life and you will begin to grow in him like never before. You begin to learn to hear his voice clearly. And when the Holy Spirit's saying something to you, you go, oh yeah, that's God. And you can distinguish between that voice of the enemy or the voice of yourself. That's what getting in His Word does. And and the Bible is a rule of thumb for success. And understand that following His Word, it's not meant to be a list of rules of do's or don'ts. I mean, I think about when I first became a follower of Jesus. Um, I, I really thought that's what it was. It was about following the rules. It's about the do's or don'ts. And if I followed the rule, then I got to check it off. Following God's word is meant to be a blessing for your best life here on earth. It's meant to be a blessing for your best life here on earth. If we follow God's word, there will be blessing in our life. It's a promise. And you guys, it's, it's. I was just going to say it's not rocket science, but it isn't. It's so, it's so clear. It's so, it should be so simple for us. And although following the Bible's rules can be tricky, it can be downright hard at times, the struggle is always worth it. And remembering that we're not in it on our own, it's what helps me. To know that the Holy Spirit is there with me. He knows what my struggle is. He always, 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 and did I say always? Gives us a way of escape. Always. It's just a question of whether we're going to listen and live our best blessed life or we're going to make our own choice and miss out on some opportunity that God has for us. Standing up to the devil and his schemes is possible. You know, each time we defeat temptation, we achieve a victory. Each time we listen to the Holy Spirit and make that right choice, I mean, we can just do the, yeah, baby, right? You can do the football dance, whatever that is. Each time that we listen, we can do that. And the cool thing is... (laughs) I believe the Holy Spirit, I believe God, I believe Jesus, they're doing the dance with you. It's like, yeah, look at that, Hinkleman made a right choice. <laughs> we didn't think he could do it, but he did, right? No, they thought I could do it. In fact, they ordained that I could, according to his word. With each victory, it becomes easier to reach another victory or another goal, Think about this. Successful athletes train together. Successful athletes train together because they spur each other on. You know, I think about, um, I, I did this bike ride across part of the state of Iowa a few years ago. It's called Rag Bry. And uh, you ride with thousands of other riders. But the thing that's amazing is, like the group of people that I rode with, most of them were, were better riders than me. You know, I told you that I ride 12 to 20 miles a day. That was kind of my constant thing. Um, I usually ride that maybe at 14 or 15 miles an hour consistent. Riding with these guys, I ended up riding 19, 20, 21 miles per hour the whole time because I was keeping up with them. I was being spurred on by them. And so that's part of why being here is important, being a part of the body of Christ, is we spur each other on. Think of it like athletes. We're here to encourage each other to grow more in him. There are days that, you know, Pamela and I, we haven't done it as much since we moved here as we'd like to, but we're going to start again, and that is just walking together every day. There are days that, honestly, um, I have to be encouraged by her to do it. She'll say, well, should we go for a walk? (laughs) But not just that. In my spiritual life, she is such a strong encourager. She is such a strong purveyor of hope. And, And sometimes all I need to do is just to be with her, and she can say a few words, and it, like, changes my direction. The Holy Spirit in her. And we need that from each other in the body of Christ, I ask her to keep me accountable regarding my eating and sometimes I even listen to her. Uh, do you really do you really want another one of those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. But we spur each other on to take care of ourselves. Guys, this is what the body of Christ is all about spurring each other on, helping each other grow in him, noticing coming alongside someone that's standing out in the foyer and you see them and you know them and you can see there's something going on in them and saying to them, hey, are you okay? Is there something I could pray for you about? That's, that's what we do in the body of Christ to help each other grow in him. This last passage, and then I'll close sometime today. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 12, there's, there's a truth here that is so amazing. Chapter 8 and verse 12 says, So don't you see... That we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. I love that it says, we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. We don't owe our past sin-filled life anything. There is no reason to go back. And it says, get on with your life. There are things to do and places to go. I'd like us to watch just this short video for a moment.
1: The future is a million little choices. Practice or play video games. Two hours in the gym or two hours at the movies. A little extra work, or a little extra play? Reconcile, or let the sun go down on your anger? Get up, or push the snooze button again? Take a potential client to the game, or take a kid from a broken home? Spend that bonus on yourself, or give it to a ministry that reaches out to pregnant teens. If we could get a picture of the future, if we could jump ahead 10, 15, 20 years and see the accumulation of our decisions, the chain of events we set in motion, how differently would we live today? How would we choose to spend our time? What would we walk away from? How would we treat the people around us? What would we choose to pursue with passion? Where would we choose to invest our skills and our resources? Your future is a million little choices, and it starts today.
0: You know, God's word says that his mercies are new every morning. That means every day we got a new shot at it, you guys. Every day we got a new shot at making the right choices, and he's there to help us do it. You know, each day we choose. We choose whether we're going to continue to pursue sinful behaviors of the past that leave us empty and defeated and broken. Each day we get to choose. Know this. Defeat is not God's plan for your life. Defeat is not God's plan for your life. And get on with your new life in him. I alluded to this earlier, but I want to say it again. I don't know if you've noticed this, but whenever whenever I indulge in sinful behaviors, whether it's overeating or impatience or anger, whatever it is, whenever I indulge in those things, knowingly do it, knowingly allow it to happen, I notice that my relationship with God seems strained until I repent of that behavior. The beautiful thing is, you know, his God, his, God's word says in Romans chapter 10, it's the last, last scripture in that chapter it says, I wait all day long with my arms open wide for a stubborn and a disobedient people. He's just always waiting for us. To make the right choice. And then he cheers us on. He doesn't shame us into it. He doesn't say, You're horrible, rotten, good for nothing. That's the devil, you guys. He says, Well done. You've made the right choice. Come on, let's move forward. That's how God responds to us. So, what does this mean for you? I think the question the Holy Spirit asks us is, after coming to Christ, after choosing Jesus, have you gone back to past sinful behaviors? After deciding to follow him, have you gone back to the old habits, the old choices that are not giving you life? Do you believe that you owe your past lifestyle something? I think sometimes we believe that we owe our past lifestyle something, that we, for some reason, we owe a debt to that, and we need to go back to that. You know, I remember when I chose to follow Jesus, one of the radical changes I had to make is, at that point in my life, I had been drinking a lot of alcohol. And part of the reason I did that is I was out with my friends and just one drink led to another, to another. Now, I'm not blaming it on my friends, it was my choice. But what I recognized is I needed to choose some different friends. I didn't stop loving those people. In fact, I still have a relationship with some of them today. Talk to them once in a while on Facebook. But I knew I had to choose hanging out with people that were not making choices that I was not doing well with. I recognize I didn't owe that lifestyle anything. I don't need to do that. Do you have your eyes on Jesus' plans and goals for your life? Are your eyes on his goals or are they on yours? Do you see God's word as rules or do you see them as benefits for better living? I pray that you will see them as benefits because that's what they are. They're benefits. They're not rules. And this question calls us to accountability and it's part of deeper relationship with him. And that is, who is the fellow believer who helps you avoid slavery to past sinful behaviors? Friends, we need other people in our life that hold us accountable. That we can go to with transparency and say, you know what? I'm struggling with this again. I've got this temptation. I can't seem to get past it. We need those people in our lives to encourage us and to pray for us. It's part of being in the body of Christ. It should be an expectation that we have close relationship with other people in that kind of a way and that it's safe. So what are we going to do as a church? <laughs> as a church, we're going to make this a safe place to find and follow Jesus. That you can invite people in your life to come who are not followers of Jesus today, that they can feel safe, they can find Jesus, and they can follow him. And you can be part of discipling them. You can be part of being that person in their life that they go to and say, man, I'm struggling with this. Because God has called each of us to that. We're going to help you leave your past life of sinful behaviors behind and move forward in Him. That's part of what we're here for. But understand, when I say what we're here for, I mean you. You. All of you, we're all called to that, to helping each other in the body of Christ. We're going to help you better understand and apply God's word to your life. That's my desire each time I get a chance to to teach and I consider it an honor, is that I could help you understand his word better and apply it to your life. Pray for me for wisdom to do that because I believe that's what God's called me to, is to help you get there. Now, I want to encourage you. You know, there was, there was a little bit of a word about fear earlier in our, mess, in our, uh, in our time together. And I know that sometimes people, people are afraid to try something different, something that stretches them. And I want to encourage you in this season, as we begin a Daniel's fast, you might be saying to yourself, I can't do that. I don't think I can do that. I want to encourage you to stretch yourself. Because what we're going to do during that 21 days, it's not a diet, you guys. I love what my wife said. It's not about the food. It's about denying ourselves some things so that we can hear more clearly from him that we can become better connected with him. And in this next few weeks, as households, as families, as individuals, that we will pray and seek Father during that Daniel fast. Changing the way you eat, it will make you more healthy, but the whole point is that you change how often you connect with Father. So don't just do this fast without spending more time with God. That's the whole point. I want you guys to be able to connect more clearly with him. I want you to be able to hear the ministry that he has called you to. Because you know what? Every single one of you in this room has a ministry that God has called you to. And my job as your pastor, our our job as as a team of leaders and staff, is to help equip you to do that ministry. I would encourage you during this time seek his face and say, God, what what would you have me do? What would you have me do at People Church? What would you have me do in my community? You see, healthy followers of Jesus, they are involved in their church, doing the ministry that God has given them passion about, and they are involved in their community bringing change. That's what God has called us all to. And so that's part of what this fast is about, is, is recognizing what God's called us to and then going after it. And I hope that you'll take the time to do this. I hope that you will stretch yourself to do this. And, you know, we've made this cookbook. Well, I didn't make it. Dana made it. Don made it. few people made it. But we made this cookbook that will make it so easy for you that you don't even have to think about the food thing because it's all edible <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Not only is it edible, it's good. There's stuff off that cookbook that that Pamela and I we make some of those meals during the rest of the year we're like hey let's have that Daniel fast chili that's so good um so i just want to close with this and that is uh, i want to talk about fasting for just a moment what is fasting fasting isn't just about physically dieting it's about spiritually dialing in fasting is saying no to feeding our flesh and saying yes to feeding our spirit Fasting is abstaining ourselves from the world while simultaneously attaching ourselves to Jesus. And fasting to the stomach might be famishing, but fasting to the soul is feasting. You guys, I guarantee you, if you do this, and you hang in there, and you spend more time in prayer at the same time, you will have revelations from God like you haven't had in some time in your life. I encourage you to go after this. There's five reasons to fast. It can be done for direction. It can be done for intervention. It can be done for submission. It can be done for revelation. Or it can also be done for freedom from oppression or an addiction. And if you're sitting here today and you have an addiction in your life you have just not been able to break this might be the way for you to get freedom is to participate in this fast. Let's stand up and we'll close because I promised I would close sometime today. Hey, if you're, if you're with us today and you have said, Pastor Bob, you've been talking about this deep relationship with Jesus. I'm not sure I have that. I don't think I have a relationship with Jesus, but I want one. I want to give you that opportunity today because we remiss if we didn't do that so i just encourage everybody to close their eyes and to bow their heads without anybody looking around i'm just going to look across the room real quickly and if you want us to pray with you today to receive jesus i just encourage you to look up at me i see your eyes see your eyes anybody else this morning before we close okay let's pray out loud Heavenly heavenly father thank you for sending jesus I know know. that I fall short, but But Jesus, Jesus. you have taken away away. my sins sins. on the cross. cross. Jesus, Jesus. thank you for dying for me me. and making my eternity With eternity. with with you sure. In Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would bless these, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, that you would be their peace. God, I ask that you would, (laughs) that you would cause us to want more of you. Holy Spirit, that each day as we wake up, that you would draw us to want more of you, more of your presence, more of your word, more of you in every part of our lives. God, I ask that you would keep them safe, keep them healthy, Provide for their needs. In Jesus' name, amen.